Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, Hokie Nation. Thanks so much for being with us on your Tuesday afternoon. It is January 3rd. We come to you, Giovanni Heater, all the way up in Syracuse, New York, and down in Blacksburg, holding down the fort, my man, Carter Hill. Again, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We want to announce a very special new partnership with Triumph NIL. TSL Today is now brought to you by Triumph NIL. Triumph NIL was founded to create meaningful name, image, and likeness partnerships for student-athletes. They specialize in curating opportunities that meet all NCAA compliance and state legal criteria. Triumph seeks to maximize individual and group earning potential and provide clarity to key stakeholders through creative activations. Their motto, recruit, retain, reward. That is Triumph NIL, and we can't thank them enough. Carter, how you doing down in Blacksburg holding down the fort? Good, Gio. Happy New Year. It's been uh, it's been about two weeks since I've seen you, which is pretty bizarre to think about. It's 2023. We found that out after Noah Ruggles' kick went wide left in the Ohio State-Georgia mm. game. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very, very excited, very pumped. Should have a good semester of TSL content, and I'm excited to get it kicked off this evening. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff planned uh, coming up this semester. So, again, we appreciate everyone that always tunes in, continue to tune in, uh, and give us your feedback, as we always want to hear what we can do better, what more uh, you want to learn about. Uh, Carter, might as well dive right into things a little bit here. Uh, Virginia Tech men's and women's basketball have been in action over the course of the last couple of weeks. Other than that, it's been pretty slow uh, in the athletics department. Pretty slow after signing day. Yeah, it actually got to that. It was very, very quiet in Blacksburg, too. On Christmas Eve, it was negative four degrees here in Blacksburg. So not a lot going on around town in the athletic department. No home events either from December 18th to like January 1st. And that was the Notre Dame women's game and the North Carolina women's game. The Hokies went on the road a couple times over break. Unfortunately, didn't go so well for either the men or the women, but some bounce backs on the women's side as of late, and hopefully the Hokie men will have an opportunity to bounce back later this week. All right, let's get into things here. Let's talk about this uh, unfortunate loss for the Virginia Tech men's basketball side of things. They fall 77-75 to on the road in Winston-Salem against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Again, that game was played uh, on New Year's Eve. It was a noon tip-off down in Winston-Salem. Carter, I know you were down there. You were calling the game with our guy Nick Brown for our student station, 3304 Sports. It was a back-and-forth kind of a game. Tech had an early control of it, it felt like, uh, but you just had the sense that Wake Forest was too good to go away quietly. They come back in. They pretty much dominate the second half, and uh, when it was all said and done, Tech just couldn't quite get back into the game enough uh, to win it. It was kind of a game of runs early on. Wake Forest opened up the game leading 5 to nothing. 
And then Virginia Tech went on like an 18 to 5 run and they led 18 to 10. Wake then tied it up at 20. And then they ended up having the lead at like 22 to 21. And it went kind of back and forth from there. Tied up at halftime. So a very evenly matched first half. But Virginia Tech, just too much foul trouble. Early on, Sean Padula, Grant Bazilli both picked up two fouls. Virtually everybody had. I remember looking at the box score at the halftime intermission. Basically everybody except for Justin Mutz, who had played, had two fouls. And that was going to be a problem because you didn't have Hunter Couture. Hunter Couture, while John Rothstein of CBS Sports put out in the morning he was going to be available, he came out about an hour and a half before the game started and went through some light warm-ups, and then about an hour before the game started, came out in street clothes. So clearly he was never a true threat to play. Okay. Rodney Rice, on the other hand, it was the first time he had dressed out all year long. So that was a good sign. That was he the circle there. date for him to return. Exactly. No? For a long time. And there were even some rumors he was going to come back for Grambling State, Boston College. And you're like, okay, give him that extra week and a half. You come back on New Year's Eve and you have that opportunity to play him against a pretty good Wake Forest team that probably will be in the NCAA tournament down in Winston-Salem. He goes through the entirety of warmups. And when I say entirety... He was going through layup lines with about 30 seconds left to go. Which is the so, first time he's done that all year. Yes. And so it, it was it was still a little bit of a question mark because you're like, okay, I think we're going to know whether or not he's going to play if or not he enters the game. Now, we were told before the game by a school spokesperson that he likely was not going to play. So we were tipped off. But for anybody who was in the stands, you're like, okay, let's see if he checks in or not. The moment you realize he was not going to play – was when John Camden checked into the game with about 12 minutes left to go in the first half. I thought I thought John Camden played a pretty strong ball game. He played 15 minutes, scored six points, hit two big threes, but ultimately just not enough, not enough backcourt depth and a lot of foul trouble and some problems on the offensive boards really could really kill it, I should say, Virginia Tech in this one. No doubt about it. I mean, I think the headline uh, in, in this one, you could say uh, foul trouble and injuries plagued the Hokies in a loss uh, to Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. You talk about that rebounding category. It felt like Tech was bullied on the boards all day long. You look at it, it's really actually Tech won the rebounding margin 39 to 38. Mm -hmm. The difference being uh, Wake Forest had 14 offensive rebounds compared to Tech's nine. So second chance points were a serious problem. Two of those offensive rebounds came in the final possession. Wake Forest has the ball with what, about 50 seconds left? They're able to yeah. chew all that clock essentially mm -hmm. win the ball game on two offensive rebounds. Tech got the shots they wanted to force with those uh, deep three-pointers from the top of the key by Appleby, and they were just able to grab those rebounds. Yeah, that was key. And to add on to foul trouble real fast to lead into this point, with about nine minutes left to go in the game, Justin Mutz, Grant Bazilli, and Sean Padula all had four fouls. Mm-hmm. So that, that was absolutely huge. So it's amazing that Virginia Tech had even stayed in the game to that point. I mean, Justin Mutz ran the point for two or three possessions. Now, they've done that before, but essentially, if you're if you're looking at it from a football standpoint, that's your fourth string point guard yeah. with no Padula, Couture, Rodney Rice, and Justin Mutz. And they have so. not done that in an ACC game. No, they had not. That's very true, actually. That's a good point. So you look at 45, 50 seconds left to go. Virginia Tech is down two. 
Tyree Appleby, who had a really, really solid game for Wake Forest, their star point guard, a transfer from Florida, who actually played against Virginia Tech in the NCAA tournament a few years ago, hits a big three. And this is actually with about a minute and a half left to go. So Tech is down five. They respond quickly with the Grant Bazzilli big three-pointer. It makes it a two-point ball game. And Which was go. massive because he hadn't hit th- he hadn't hit a three all game to that point. Yeah, he 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 had a pretty rough game at that point. He he'd only had six points because he and he was five. zero for two from three at that point. Yes, yes, and he he was he was pretty bullied around the rim. Now, granted, Wake has two guys that stand tall at seven feet tall, so that's probably that has a that has a big, I guess um, that's a big reason why he probably struggled down low. Right. But yeah, you got 50 seconds left. Wake is down, or Wake is up to, I should say, and they have an opportunity to go up to possessions and arguably put the game away and then potentially salt it away from the free throw line. Appleby has the ball. He's your star point guard. About five seconds left on the shot clock. Wake, forgive me, I can't, I can't, I can't exactly remember who. They put up a shot with about 30 seconds left. Matthew Marsh, your seven-footer down low tips the ball out and a guard rebounds it for wake. But at that point, remember in college basketball, the shot clock resets to 20 seconds. So there's about a six, seven second differential in game clock and shot clock with wake still up two. And they were in the double bonus. They were in the double bonus. They were in the double bonus for like the last 10 minutes of the game. It was crazy. That's why the game went so slow at times. Wake put up another shot with about 10 seconds left to go. Exact same thing happens. Matthew Marsh, the big guy down low, tips it back out. Wake secures the rebound. At that point, Virginia Tech has the foul. And to Wake's credit, you know, actually coming into the game, they were not a good offensive rebounding team, and they were not a good free throw shooting team. But they got the offensive rebounds when it mattered, and they hit the big free throws when it mattered because they made it a four-point game with six seconds left, and that was essentially the ball game. Wake went 20 for 26 uh, from the free throw line. That's good for 77%. On the other side, Tech went 15 for 19, good for 79%. I mean, both teams kind of did their job at the free throw line. You can't ask them. If you're shooting 26 free throws, you can't ask them to knock down 24 of them. So going 20 for 26, I'd, I'd say the Demon Deacons did their job in that department. They did. They did. Another telling stat for Virginia Tech, they were just 29% from three. While they did shoot 46% from the field, here's the biggest issue. They had 13 turnovers. They had one point in the ball game. I believe it was like with 10 or 15 minutes left, they turned the ball over on four straight possessions. Yeah. And that just can't happen. It is the second straight game Virginia Tech has had turnover issues, and it is the second straight game that Virginia Tech has had issues on the offensive boards against the team. Granted, Wake is a bigger team, but probably should have been a little bit better there. And I know Mike Young still has to be pulling his hair out after what transpired on that last possession for Wake. Uh, Virginia Tech, 24 personal fouls. On the other side, Wake Forest only 16. And get this, talk about taking care of the basketball, which Tech going into this game was – Well, before the Boston College game, I should say, one of the best teams in the country at taking care of the basketball in both assist-to-turnover ratio and fewest turnovers per game. There was a point in time where they led the nation uh, in fewest turnovers per game. In this game, they turned the ball over 13 times down in Winston-Salem. On the other side, Demon Deacons nearly cut that in half, turning the ball over only seven times. Yeah, and wait, just they closed the game out better. And that goes back to making your free throws, getting a rebound, Virginia Tech, they hit that big shot with Grant Bazzilli, 
But other than that, they didn't do anything down the stretch to really earn them that win. Now, and I will, before we move on to women's basketball, I will caution Tech fans with this. I've seen a lot of Tech fans on Twitter, and it, quite frankly, and forgive me for being so open about this, but I, I think it's so unfair to put on Twitter you're going to give up on this Virginia Tech men's basketball team. What happened last year? They were 10-10, right. and 2-7 and seven in the ACC, came back and won the ACC. It's not even time, it's not even remotely close um, to time, or it's not even remotely close, or not even closing in on that time to press the panic button is what I'm trying to say. Not even close. Yeah, no. you you lose to Boston College, and that's a rough one. You're going to want to, you're you, going to definitely want to have back. You want to have that back. You no definitely want to have that one back for sure. That's going to be a quad three loss. Wake Forest is likely going to be a quad one loss, and it's a really good, likely NCAA tournament team that you lose to on the road when you didn't have Hunter Couture and you didn't have Rodney Rice. I'm not saying Rodney Rice is going to be the savior. I think Virginia Tech wins that game. I think, actually, Virginia Tech wins both those games with Hunter Couture because Hunter Couture went out with four minutes left at BC. So people are talking about, you know, I'm just giving up on this team. Mike Young doesn't know how to coach them. They're losing games they shouldn't lose. Boston College fits in that category. Wake Forest does not. And Virginia Tech will get healthy within this next week. It will begin to get a little concerning if they lose to Clemson or NC State at home. Now, Clemson's undefeated in the ACC, but you want to take advantage of those opportunities at home. But, oh, my gosh, like, just kind of after that Wake game, seeing people on Twitter and on the boards, too, just, I don't know. You just don't give up on this team. You know, Mike Young knows how to coach. <laughs> a tweet from our own David Cunningham coming out at noon today, about three hours ago. Uh, he said uh, both Hunter Couture and Rodney Rice are game time decisions for Virginia Tech on Wednesday night against Clemson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 9 p.m. tip-off, ESPNU. That is per a school uh, spokesperson. Uh, Couture missed the New Year's Eve game at Wake Forest. Like we know, uh, Rice has yet to make his collegiate debut. Hashtag Hokies from our own David Cunningham. Uh, all right, Carter, maybe it's time. Uh, well, well, first, before we do that, let's kind of break down. Uh, I know David had put out um, where things fall as far as tack in their uh, quadrant system wins. Uh, their quad one wins. They have one against North Carolina. This was an opportunity against Wake Forest uh, to be a quadrant two win. Unfortunately, it is now a quadrant two loss, just for an update in that department. I think, in all honesty, I think as the year begins to close out, you are going to see, based on who they have played thus far, and I'm just going off of wins, I think North Carolina and uh, Oklahoma State will be quad one wins. Now, it always shifts around because they're always hovering around, you know, the 50 range, the 75 range, the 30 range. The Tar Heels are going to figure it out, in my opinion. And I think on top of that, too, you want a neutral site game against a good Oklahoma State team that should do pretty well in the Big 12. Those two should be quad one wins. Wake Forest, while it was a loss, very well could end up being a quad one loss. I know Penn State has been in and out of that quad one territory, 
I would I believe be as of right now, it is a quad one win as of right now. I would be surprised if Penn State is a quad one win. They were picked to finish in the bottom half of the Big Ten. We shall see there. College of Charleston, though, how about them? They're in the AP They're Top ranked. 25. Yeah. Their only loss of the season is in the Dean Dome to North Carolina. So is that, do you have it in front of you? Is that a quad one or quad two loss right now? Um, I don't have Try it in front two. of me. I believe two. it is quad two. I don't Try think that quad is quad two. one. Anyway, Virginia Tech should be just fine as we head towards the back half of the year and we head towards the need of ACC play. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's flip the script here, go to the women's side of things. Uh, after getting a little derailed on the road against Clemson, a tough loss for the women's side, uh, only a couple of uh, days before that, uh, before you know the true break for Christmas and everything, a loss inside Castle on the 18th to Notre Dame. Back on track. Huge win against the 13th-ranked Tar Heels inside Castle Coliseum, 68-65, the final score of that one. I know you were on the call for that. Uh, big performances all around. Georgia Amor led in scoring with 24 points. Kitley had 13 points, 7 rebounds. Actually, not her biggest game. Um, 12 points uh, and 8 rebounds out of Kayla King. Trailer added 3. Deja Gregg had 11 points off the bench, uh, and Taylor Soul had 5. This team... Uh, obviously still without Ashley Owusu, but nonetheless, the Hokies get the job done against a very, very good North Carolina squad. A very good North Carolina squad and a very evenly matched North Carolina squad. You're going to remember this very well. Last year in the ACC tournament quarterfinals, this game was a very, it, it was a mirror image almost of that game. Virginia Tech had gone up three with about 2.9 seconds remaining and then Carolina ties it up at the buzzer to send it to overtime and Virginia Tech ends up winning in OT. They split the regular season series last year and Tech won in Greensboro but how about this? So Courtney Bankhart who is the fourth year head coach at North Carolina has played the Hokies nine times since she has took over or coached against the Hokies nine times since she has took over. In that span only two of those games have been decided by double digits. And I believe four or five of them, or all but four or five of them, have been decided by more than one possession. Right. So a very, very evenly matchup, or a very, very even, very even matchup over the last few years. And that that definitely stayed true at Castle Coliseum on Sunday. Georgia Amor, six three-pointers. She was magnificent. Yes. Had the ball on the right wing with about two seconds left was fouled in the act of shooting on a three-point attempt, went to the line, hit all three free throws, and that gave Virginia Tech the 68-65 to win. And it was a win they they badly needed to because Clemson is a – they're a decent team in the ACC. They're not as bad as they've been the last few years. I think they will win quite a few games in the league this year and finish in that 8-9 to nine threshold. So it's not a disastrous loss by any means by Virginia Tech – but when it starts to snowball is when you go, you know, you come back home and you lose, even though North Carolina is a really good team, that's when it starts to snowball had they lost that game. So for Virginia Tech to come home and get a huge, huge win before UVA, who has surprised a lot of people, comes to town in a couple of days, says a lot about this Virginia Tech team. I thought, like I mentioned, Georgia Amor was absolutely fantastic. I think Virginia Tech did a really, really good job. We talked about the men getting in foul trouble. Well, Alyssa Utsby and Deja Kelly, Carolina's arguably two best players, had four fouls with about eight minutes left in the game. And Deja Kelly, their starting point guard, actually fouled out of the game. So when you lose that veteran presence off the floor, 
that put North Carolina in a dire situation because they had to go to a true freshman who had never really been in that position before. Alyssa Usby didn't foul out, but she actually had three fouls in the first half. So she never got into rhythm and really never played. She did score 12 points, but only, only played 24 minutes. So she never really put a major imprint on this game. I thought the Hokies, although they did turn the ball over a little much, 20 times, that's been kind of their MO all year long. I thought they did a really nice job settling down late in the game, and I thought they really closed the game out as best as they possibly could. That's something that, and Kenny Brooks will be the first to tell you, over the last couple of years in these big games, they maybe have struggled to close games out. Notre Dame this year probably would fit in that category. I thought Virginia Tech was excellent down the stretch back on Sunday. They had a great crowd. Around 4,500 people were there, and that's with no students. So the Hokies responded well late in the game. DeAsia Gregg, too. How about her? You know, we've talked about Kenny Brooks and Virginia Tech wanting to rely a little bit more on his bench. You know, they've only gone six deep with no Ashley Awusu. They played seven with Taylor Guyman on Sunday. They played seven at Clemson with Clara Ford. But DeAsia Gregg, arguably her best game of the season in a lot of different categories. Her first career double-double, I believe, off the top of my head. I wish I had that in front of me. But 11 points and 10 rebounds. So a really good feel-good performance for Virginia Tech. They stay in the AP Top 10 as a result. And now they got a couple of big ones coming up. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Carter. Uh, and, and I think it's safe to say, too, that we, we've talked about this before. Notre Dame, North Carolina, NC State, even Louisville, all these top dogs in the ACC, there is a good chance Tech will see them again uh, come postseason time, whether it's no the doubt. ACC tournament, possibly even deep into the NCAA tournament. Uh, these are all teams that are that are capable of making those kind of runs. No doubt, no doubt. And I do want to add one more thing about this game, too, that I missed the first go around. Virginia Tech was 14 of 16 from the free throw line. They were 12 of 20 at Clemson. Mm. So when you shoot just 60% from the line, you are probably going to lose a one-possession game. Right. Virginia right. Tech in a one-possession game this time knocks down 87.5% of their shots from the charity strike. But yeah, I mean, you got the big four in the ACC. North Carolina dropped down to number 22. They will be just fine. They're, they are as athletic as any team in the ACC. A couple weeks ago, it was off the top of my head, Notre Dame 5, Virginia Tech 6, North Carolina 7, NC State at 8. Since then, Carolina has fallen off a little bit. Notre Dame is up to number 4, though they did struggle on the road at a decent Miami team, at a decent Miami, and Miami actually went to the ACC championship game last year, so they, you know, can't uh, right. can't escape the Hurricanes, and they should be pretty solid this year. And this will get, you know, this will kind of open up my, my point that I'm going to make in a minute. So you're going to have Notre Dame at number four. Virginia Tech is still in the top 10. Duke is now in the AP top 25 after they beat NC State and Raleigh. The Wolfpack are still in the top 15. North Carolina slides down to number 22. But like I said, they'll be just fine. And then Louisville, who is the preseason favorite in the ACC, while they are currently not ranked, they're going to be okay, and they're going to find their way back into it. Now, to open up that point even more, people are talking about just the top of the ACC is elite. Well, I just mentioned Louisville isn't even in the AP top 25 right now. Georgia Tech is a fringe top 25 team that could threaten to win the league, quite frankly, and they're not in the top 25 right now. Miami went to the ACC championship game last year, took number four Notre Dame, you know, uh, what am I looking for? Down the, they took number four Notre Dame to the wire is what right. I should say. And um, they're going to be something to reckon with in the ACC. Virginia is much improved. Duke obviously is making strides. And then Florida State just beat North Carolina at home last week. 
Right. So the ACC from top to bottom, and even Clemson was a bad team in the ACC last year, and they're probably going to be a, a top eight, nine team in the league. So the ACC in women's basketball is as good as it has ever been before, not just at the top, but all the way down as well. Boston College is even competitive this year. So it's going to be tough sledding for the Hokies just because the league is so tough, but obviously Tech is going to be very well equipped to handle it. And if they can get Ashley Owusu back anytime soon, that will really help them out. We've said it before, the team that ends up winning the league might just have four or five Mm -hmm. losses on their record, no doubt about that. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and tease our next segment that we're going to save for tomorrow or the day after. We're going to talk about the college football playoff, how incredible that was, why TCU playing for a national championship is good for your Virginia Tech Hokies and why teams turning things around like a Tulane going from 2-10 and 10 to 12-2 and two and winning something like the Goodyear Cotton Bowl is good for Virginia Tech football. It's parody across the sport, and that's coming up uh, next on TSL Today. When we see you uh, down the road later this week, whether it be tomorrow or the next day. Carter, though, your final thoughts on uh, Hokies Hoops. I think the biggest thing, the moral of the story, is don't hit the panic button. Both teams are going to be A-OK. We're just fine. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Virginia Tech, two very winnable games on the men's side at home this week. Clemson and NC State. Clemson has surprised a few early on, starting off 3-0. And the Wolfpack have looked good at times as well. So two tough tests, but two games that Virginia Tech should be able to win. And then for the women, you got two tough ones, like we just talked about. The ACC is a tough, tough league. UVA, who won four or five games last year, a fringe top 25 team who is surprising the entire country on the women's side of things, coming to Blacksburg on Thursday. And then you get to Miami a few days after that. And they were in the ACC championship game last year. And like I just talked about, took Notre Dame down to the wire. So opportunities for both sides. The men just trying to get back on track. The women just trying to rack up as many big-time wins as they possibly can. Obviously, they're okay. They're still a top-10 team. And they're going to be one of the top teams in the country all year long. Hokies hoop season back in full swing. Hey, thanks so much for being with us on your ride home today. We're so happy to be back. Uh, can't wait. Two weeks from now, we'll be back in the studio uh, over down in Blacksburg at the Corporate Research Center where we belong. So uh, bear with us. A, a, a handful of remote episodes uh, coming over the next couple of weeks, and then we'll be back down in Blacksburg uh, for the chunk of the semester before you know it. want to give one more shout-out to our brand-new proud partnership with Triumph and NIL, Triumph NIL, was founded to create meaningful name, image, and likeness partnerships for student-athletes. They specialize in curating opportunities that meet all NCAA compliance and state legal criteria. Triumph seeks to maximize individual and group earning potential and provide clarity to key stakeholders throughout creative uh, activations. Their motto, recruit, retain, reward. How important are those three words? You got to bring them in. You got to keep them here and you got to reward them when they play good on the field, period. It's fantastic. And uh, we can't thank Triumph NIL enough. Carter, thanks so much for being on today, my man. Thank you. Happy New Year. Look forward to seeing you up in Syracuse next week. Absolutely. Big stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, and, and Virginia Tech plays here in Syracuse next week. Carter's going to come up. Myself and Kyle Marshak will be on the call for 3304. Carter will be writing. So that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be our furthest trip technically uh, for uh, uh, Virginia Tech SMA uh, coming Mm -hmm. up to Syracuse. So that'll be a good time. Uh, Well, thanks so much for Carter Hill. For everyone over at Tech Sideline, I'm Giovanni Heater signing off. We'll see you next time. Go Hokies.